Welcome to Story Comic Presents, where we interview amazing storytellers and artists. This is episode 208. I'm your host, Barney Smith of StoryComic.com, and we're excited to have with us the internationally renowned game designer and author, Ryan M. Danks. Thank you. Ryan, excited how are you doing? Good, yeah. how are you? Good. So we, we, we chatted, it was, I, I was looking at the internet, looking at the we I still emailed you back in July. I'm thinking, and I and I reached out. He says, I said, you know, Ryan, I want to get you on the show. I want to I want to talk to you about your Fate Core system, um, the two of the Fate Core games that you put out. That was Jade Punk and Shadowcraft. Mm-hmm. And then I was doing more research and realized you also write some long prose books too that we can talk about a little bit later in the show. You are you are Renaissance. You're a Renaissance man. You're a man of many talents. You're a man of many interests. Um, and all of them, whatever you, it, it seems as though whatever you touch, you become accomplished in. Very, very excited to talk to you. And I'm sure you're going to have lots of, lots of good advice that you might be able to give any uh, fellow game designers or writers out there as well later in the show. But before we, we, we jump right into just, you know, asking you some questions about some of your games and some of your work, do you want to give people a little bit of background how you got into game designing and writing? Sure. Um, I don't want to go too far back. Uh, so when I was young, I wanted to be a comic book writer, and which is also the reason I became a martial artist, because I wanted to be Batman. Um, and then I got into graphic design school in my 20s, and I went to, I wrote, um, did some stuff, and I realized I, I, I just suck at drawing. I'm not an artist. <laughs> and uh, I, I have a good eye for art, but I, I'm not, I can't, I can't do it. So I, but I took some of my scripts that I was writing for myself for, for comic books. And one of my teachers said, this is what you should be doing. You should be writing. So I took a, I took a bunch of my comic strips to Comic-Con in 2009. And I was like, I'm going to get, you know, I'm going to become the next Brian Michael Bendis. Um, So, so I took my comic scripts and no one would read them. And it was hard to get into the comic world. Now it might be easier. I'm not really sure. Um, I gave up. And I so I started writing prose thinking it would be easier to sell a novel. And this was right before Kindle blew up and people were making money on their own. So I submitted a few things, did it. I got a few short stories published and then that kind of just fell flat. And then I saw uh, people making it big on Kickstarter and thought, I could do that, but I could do it with gaming. This has been a lifetime love of mine. So I'll do that. And I started writing games. And that was um, when I was producing it. Ryan Macklin, I, I talked to him back when, right after Jade Punk happened. And he was like, you're astronaut rare with how you came out of nowhere. And Jade Punk did was successful. That's super rare. Don't let it go to your head. I kind of did. That's why I don't write games <laughs> at the moment. But um, but yeah, that's that's how I fell into it, and now I'm I'm making the transition kind of back to it. I, I took a couple mm. of years off, got some uh, a lot to do with business and and kind of real world stuff. And now I'm I'm making my my trek back into gaming and writing and and all of that. All right, and, and so when it, when you, you mentioned that as you you wrote Jade Punk, you wrote it based off of. Uh, a pre-existing gaming system, uh, an open gaming license called Fate Core. Did you 
decide on the world itself first before the before the mechanics or did you discover fate core and decide i want to make a game with this system well it's funny i i discovered fate core playing it uh not even fate core fate core hadn't come out yet i was playing fate so the old okay and uh we had a weekly game going and we were having a lot of fun with it and then when i decided to get into gaming or game writing it was right like in between when i started playing and before i did that we i had this short-lived time where i was me a friend of mine who was on a reality tv show wanted to make a youtube channel and and do some fiction stuff and so we write the, we, i wrote this screenplay with a co-writer for this fantasy game and we wanted to get um we wanted to do it with where you would like be at the table playing and then you would transition into the world as the characters and we kind of go back and forth between the players and then the characters in this fictional world and we wanted to showcase real game mechanics at the table. So we tried to do Dungeon World, uh, but they were brand new. And, and for whatever reason, they did they just didn't want to get in on the project. But Evil Hat jumped at it. Fred said, yeah, do it, uh, whatever you want, because their their gaming license is so so easy. And that was at the same time that Fate Core launched. So we couldn't get the, the financial backing to do the show. And so the production fell apart. But I jumped in and said, you know, this is a really good open gaming license. I'm going to jump in and do this. And then it was, well, okay, what's the game going to be? And then I, um, I came up with that in about half an hour. <laughs> Not on my own, but my friend and I were talking and I was just like, I thought, because I was doing this research and it's really cool to see the different parts of the world and how history lines up, like what was going on in China while Alexander the Great was doing his thing. Like there's a lot of things that we think are very spread out, but they actually happened at the same time. Right. And so my friend, I told my friend, what if knights and like Wuja warriors were together? And then we started looking into things and saw that um, like the, the TV show Warrior, which okay. was based on Bruce Lee's writings uh, in San Francisco, where you had the axe gangs and all of that. That was at the same time as Western gunslingers and stuff like that. So then I got this idea. Well, what if Western gunslingers like what if they ventured into Hong Kong during like a Wuja era? And we had that. And then that's where Jade Punk came from. And it grew from that. I, I shot the idea to Jacob Posen and he was really excited. And then we we just started going. Right. So what were some so as, as you were as you were writing this, because I think Fate Core came out in 2014, but this came out in 2013. Is the So Fate Core launched in 2013. Oh, okay. um, well, oh, the Kickstarter did. Their their books might have came out officially in 2014. Okay. I started the production, I think I started the Kickstarter in 2013, but we didn't, we didn't publish until 2014, but I had access to all the materials because okay. I was an early backer of, of the fake core. Oh, okay. Um, and what, and so obviously when you, when you look at the, you know, the system is, uh, you know, definitely you have readers and listeners who are unfamiliar with Flip fate, check it out. It's a really, it's a, it's a pretty cool open source, very narrative game it really wants it's not as crunchy as you'd expect with rolling the dice and it's and th there's a lot of player interaction in a way it's almost the it's it's not very game master heavy in that sense um but what were some of the things that as you <coughs> made for instance jade punk what were some of the things that you any did you make any rules or tweaks that were unique to jade punk that you adapted from the fake core rules yeah, I'm a big, I'm a big systems guy. I like to play with them. 
And right. so when I made it, I a lot of people pick up J-Funk because of mechanics, which is sad because mm. we put a lot of work into the setting. But a lot of people are like, oh, they, they like the mechanics. I went to, um, so so one of the one of the primary um, inspirations for the game once we started getting going was the man with the iron fist, the the movie, because mm -hmm. in that and just like Wuja traditionally, everyone has that special weapon, that special item or special technique or something like that. Right. That's that's theirs, and so I wanted to come up with let's. Fate Core didn't really have a really good invention system at that time. Now there's games that do it incredibly well. But back then, it wasn't big. So I talked with um, Mike Olson, who did... Mm. Uh, it was an old, like, Victorian-era superheroes. And the, the mechanics that he had to put them together, I thought, this is excellent. This is great. Um, so I hired him to do the asset section, which is what we call okay. it. And it was essentially, we got rid of stunts and made a create your own stunt or item or people like companions and such and that way you could flesh out what's special about your character by instead of because fate core is very loose in the mechanics mm. when it comes to creating essentially what's feats in D, &D or or right. class abilities i wanted something a little more specific a little more structured because i'm a okay. huge mutants and masterminds fan so right. I wanted that to be like, look, can we bring this over? That's really that. And then the scene fractals. I got really heavy into the fractal concept. And so I created uh, the scene fractal where you can run an entire game. You don't have to create individual bad guys. Here's the scene. Here's how many hit points the scene has, that kind of thing. And then the players attack the scene. And the villains are just representative of the scene. Give us an example, like, you know, just like a, an abbreviated playthrough for those that might not be familiar with that scene fractal. What sure. would that look like? So um, uh, I have a book of Shadowcraft here. I don't have Jade Book. Um, so scene fractals, essentially, Fate Core has this concept of a fractal. So an item has a hit points and damage it can deal and these skills, these things. Right. A person has the same thing. A group of people can have the same thing. So I thought, why well, can't a scene, an, essentially an encounter, Right. So if you're thinking like D&D terms, if you're going up against five orcs and each one has its own hit points, its own attacks, its own everything, that's cool. But then you have a turn for each one. It drags things down. You kill right. one or two. The three are still left. We've been here for an hour playing. We're bored. <laughs> right. So instead, the scene has, OK, I'm going to have the scene, the, 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 the heroes deal X number of damage on average. So we'll say the scene has 40 hit points. And I've got four orcs out there. So each one will say has 10 hit points, but it's really not important. And right. I'll get to roll four times, which I'll just do all at once when it's my turn and spread it out. And if someone hits an orc, I can say these orcs are really tough. And as you're hitting them and dealing the damage, they still exist. But when you give them to zero, they run away. Or when you hit 10 hit points, one falls, right? But it's building out the encounter essentially as it's as all of the what you would build as one villain you build that encounter and then they just have different manifestations so if okay. the, and if someone attacks it in a certain way cool you dealt damage i'll take out a bad guy or not whatever i want to do and i could be i can be very flexible at the table and, and it also creates that that level of that that narrative and also more of that cinematic aspect instead of just like boom 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 hitting 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 absolutely kind of because the villain moves don't matter 
ultimately. Right. There's some people yeah. that did this in D&D recently, and I really enjoyed playing in that vein. It, it does kind of break D&D a little bit because of the way the mechanics are done. But in Fate, it was perfect. The, the, right. No one could tell that you were doing it different. And you did bring up earlier, you did, you just mentioned earlier as an example of, the, of Shadowcraft too. And Shadowcraft, you used the Fate core system as well, correct? Yes, but we took a lot more liberties with the, the rules. I was a little more confident that I could mess with it and not break it. So, right. and then I would have fan buy-in. I was a little worried when I did Jade Punk, like, are the fans going to buy into this asset system? I think it's cool, but the right. Fate Fractal, maybe not. So I, I sold it on my blog and I have a lot of um a lot of articles that i wrote back then on the blog about that trying to sell it but so many people liked it and liked what we were doing in that space that i thought okay well i'll do shadowcraft and we'll we'll just go big and we'll we'll do all the different rules changes that we wanted to do and, and try lots of things out right and then so you're you're, you're mentioning the, the blog that you have at like ryan ryanmdanks.wordpress.com yeah, that's the archive where it lives because I, I okay. closed it down about four or five years ago. Right. Okay. And people can still now that you've you've kind of uh, you've kind of recessed it up to for people that want to look at that then. Yeah, I took it. I took my blog down, but I a lot of people were referencing some of my articles because my older articles are big on fate core and rules changes and game concepts. Right. Um, I kind of lost the thorough the, the through line of the blog eventually. I was talking about martial arts and all different kinds of stuff. And I just had fewer viewers. And so I decided, okay, maybe it's time to close. But so many people were like, hey, how do I access this? So I, I, I did the archive so that people who wanted it could get it. And you also, I thought you had some of your Medium articles on Kindle Vela as well, correct? I have Medium articles out there. So when, when COVID hit, it took my last job. Um, when the kids went back to school, but didn't go back to school, I had to quit my job in order to come home and help teach them. My wife was our breadwinner at the time. So just made just enough more than me that it was, I had to be the one to come home. And so I needed something to do. Um, I couldn't go to a regular job. So I started writing on medium to try to make some money there. Made a little bit, did, did okay. Um, and then, but I, in the medium, I started, I started writing about writing a lot. Um, about fiction writing, a little bit about game writing, um, but that's not really the the audience for that. And so I started publishing that on Kindle and and took a blog post that was well received about writing and blew it up into something more, and then put that on Kindle so that people could access that. Right. Wow. And so and and talk to us a bit about as you mentioned earlier about the Shadowcraft. You said that you were able to make more liberties. You felt more confident in making more liberties in the in some of the mm -hmm. rules setting. What were some examples that you made that were very <laughs> unique to Shadowcraft? So um Fate Core takes all of the skills and abilities and things of that nature that you would see in D D where you have the ability, the six abilities and then your skills. They just compact them all into here's your skills and you have physique and how strong you are and it's right next to fighting how well you are at hitting things so like all, everything is just skills and then they um and then they have aspects which are your character defining traits and it was always felt odd to me that skills were very defined and then aspects were like ah eh, you're a, a wavering wizard and whatever you decide that means at the table, that's what you are. And when it's important, you spend a fate point and you get bonus to your role. And I always thought that's really swingy, like really swingy to have next to these skills. Like it just feels 
odd. So then when Fate Accelerated came out, they still had the aspects, but they got rid of skills and instead they created approaches. Like if I'm going to do something sneaky, I get this bonus because I'm really good at sneaky stuff. But if I'm going to do something flashy, I'm not so good at that. And, and it was very, um, a very broad concept, very uh, abstract. And I thought this is getting closer, but it still feels like they're, they're holding on to that skill a little hard. So what we did with Shadowcraft is we said, let's get rid of all of that and let's rank aspects. And let's oh, okay. say you're the wavering wizard. Well, you have like different bonuses. You have five aspects and you can apply them to different bonuses. Well, as the wavering wizard, you're plus three to that. And so when that matters, you roll a plus three. But when it comes to uh, maybe you have an aspect that says you are um, a social dilettante, but that's only a plus one. You're more of a wavering wizard than you are good at being okay. social. So then, right, so then we just went go abroad on that. And if nothing matters, if none of these things apply to you, then it's plus zero or minus one. I don't remember what we went to for the default. But right. yeah, there was a default that if none of these applied, then the default applied. Okay. And right. then that felt, um, it felt fun, it felt good, but it also has its limitations too, because if people go really specific on their aspects and they can't figure out how to make it apply, then there's a lot of default roles. Okay. Yeah. Right. So and now, some experience. With okay. And did you see that because you, you, you made it a little bit more loose that it was, it actually might've attracted a different RPG audience as compared to your Jade Punk game? No, because what we realized with Jade Punk and everything that we were dealing with there was everyone was very big on rules. The Fate community was, especially at that time, was really big on how can the rules be manipulated? What can be done? And it was like like all of the rules lawyers and YouTubers around around D&D that's messing with here's how to do this build and that kind of thing. So they were going to take this mechanic and they were going to turn it and do something with it as well, we thought. So... Okay. We were really speaking to the fate audience with that with Shadowcraft. Okay, okay, and then and then with and then so so they were both then pretty well received with the the with the fate population. Then. Uh, yeah, I would say so. Um, we had a great Kickstarter for back then. Now the Kickstarters are ridiculous, but um, back then you didn't see the kind of numbers you saw now, and so we were putting up really good numbers back then. Right. So, well, yeah. yeah, Jade Punk, you made over thirteen thousand dollars. Yeah, back in back in that time, that you're right. That was a huge. That was a huge number. Well, we started at seventy five hundred was our goal, I think, mm. and we did not expect to hit it. We were like, well, uh, if we don't, oh well. You know, Jade Punk, we were trying to just test the waters, and when it we blew that out of the water in I, I think four or five days, and then mm. we were like, wow. Um, so we actually have to do this. Um, and, and yeah, but we did not expect it to be that. I think we wrote on, on the coattails though, also a fake core. It was, it did over 400,000. So, right. which was crazy for back then. Right. Um, and then, and, but, and also what you do have in, you also have a lot of supplement books that came out with, uh, with, with, uh, Jade Punk as well. Yeah, so we, um, with Jade Punk, it was my first project. Um, I was getting my feet wet with project management and all of that kind of stuff. So when with the stretch goals, we promised that we would do a few things. And we ran out of money, so we couldn't complete all of it. Right. But, um, but 
we did do, so one of the things we promised was a Jade Tech book. And we were only going to make it one book, but then we got the idea that let's just do, let's do six books. Um, so we did one book for each color of Jade, and then we did a book for the multi-tech Jade, the multi-Jade, um, and did all the colors. And then we, we did a little, um, the Vigilance Committee was a, uh, a storyline, uh, a little adventure that we were putting together using the, the, a little bit of the, the scene fractals and some other things. Uh, and then we started to play with the world and a few, and a few different other concepts in there. And that's where, that's where all those come from. Right. Trying to pull those. Yeah, that's pretty. That's really interesting. Um, you also had your your the latest one. You had Age of Anarchy came out, and that was a a that was not a fake core. That was a patron. So I was trying to move away from fake core. Right. Um, I just felt like I was done with it. A little bit burned out. I've been I've been playing it for five years, and I was just kind of done. And I had these ideas for this a unique system for a really long time. So um, I was working with uh, with with a guy named Paul at the time, and we were putting together this this system that we could that I was hoping to take into any genre. And he was a historian. He he I think he even worked out of um, a major college over in England. Like he was like taught history or something. Mm. And um, so he really loved the Age of Anarchy as a historical setting. And so this is a historical book, and everything okay. written in it is written by a history professor. He's a um, super smart guy. And, um, but yeah, I was trying to make a play of doing my own setting. This one was, or not my own setting, more, more my own system. Right. This one though was, it's really hard to sell your own system. And that's, this is where I learned that. So it's uh, a lot of people backed it because of who I was or who Paul was, but it was just like, hey, you're a friend. So I'm gonna support you. And that was really the support we got. So, I would have liked to do stuff with it, but if it's not something that's already popular, then it's just not going to be received generally. So I'm very curious about this. It's called the Perpetual Motion Engine, the PME. Mm -hmm. um, explain a little bit about how what, what, what are the unique features of this, of this system? So what I had in mind was something the, like the, the conversation of Dungeon World and and apocalypse world where i would tell i would set something up you would respond and then i would move the and so i'm constantly moving the narrative around but the mechanics don't necessarily do that so we were trying to i was trying to play with that i came up with a system that i really liked it was uh, there was an old 2d6 um miniature game that i really dug and i was trying to bring that mechanic out and trying to trying to just play with that and, and add to it. But I, I think it worked out really well. Paul did a great job with the writing. It right. just didn't uh, didn't take off. And it was kind of the, the the moment where I decided, you know, maybe, I mean, I've got a family. Gaming was all never really what I was going to do. So it right. might be time to go back to writing. And then I, um, I got my work there, got picked up into a professional career, and I became a project manager and a start that that was what started making me money in a more professional capacity right so 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 that does bring up to the point as well is that you're so you also have some some published works out as well some of them uh, you have uh, well previously you had bushido and you also had the beginner's guide to martial arts and some of the other ones that you you put out previously as well mm -hmm. how is 
writing either like how-to books or some long prose fiction and and uh and just game design stuff what do you tap into are you tapping into different aspects of your creative process for these things or are they coming from the same well well like you said the renaissance element i get involved in so many different things and i have i have a bit of adhd so um I, i'll dive all in on something for a really long time and then i'll just abandon and come back to it later um and so i i do have a lot of different skills but um when you're doing how-to books it's the same thing as writing game design that's the exact right. same thing okay when i write okay. game design how do you play this game and then when i right. write uh the beginner's guide to martial arts as well how do you find a school how do you bet an instructor how like so really it's the same thing right i'm going off of the same concepts the same ideas of how to tell how to write the writing is the same um but the you know naturally writing about martial arts a little bit different than writing about wuja warriors and stuff like right. that yeah. right um and and so and how does that compare to as well as some of your long your some of your long form pros so the long form pros have been a perpetual work in progress i don't have any published right now most of what i have published is short stories mm-hmm. i do have a few things that i've been working on for quite a while that i'm i'm trying to put out i'm hoping to put out next year but um i don't i accepted a long time ago that until the the world go, finds this balance point of quality versus putting something out every 10 minutes i'm not going to be a profitable writer because I can't do that a novel a month or a novel every two weeks because I just I don't have it in me I have a little bit of a perfectionist Jade Punk was the first and only time that I really said let's just go and see what happens right. um, I've never been able to just do that really except for then so if I could do that on a, on a novel and then it blows up then I'll probably do it more but at the moment I just kind of have to put things out and have a regular job because I know that I'm not going to put anything out with enough regularity to make money. No, it's, I, you also bring up, it says as a, as a, as, as a father right now, and we were talking before we went on the show about having, uh, you know, just, you know, with, do you feel as though as well as that your creativity also reflects the, uh, the importance of spending time with your family as well. So is that all, like having these, the short stories seem to be more succinct as compared to doing something more longer as well. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, my kids played, uh, they play tested all my games with me. Uh, I still, they're like, Hey, let's play a, a role-playing game. And I'm like, okay, you want to play D and D? Cause I figured they've been hearing about it. So let's just play one of your games or why don't you write a game for us? So I'll just spend a half an hour writing up a little game and then we can play it. It's easy if you're just trying to do something quick and not be super deep. Um, so we'll do stuff like that, but yeah, they've definitely helped me in, in that element, but also the ADHD element to it. I could write a short story in half an hour. Um, I didn't realize I was so fast at it, but my old boss was a writer and he challenged one day we were at Starbucks and he said, let's just write, let's just, just sit down and write a short story. And I said, okay. And he started thinking and I was like, and he was like, oh my God. And then like 10, 20 minutes later, I was like, here, I'm done. And that was it. I, I, and that's when I realized, wow, I can do this in short sprints. But I have a really hard time writing for four days, taking a weekend off, and then coming back and being interested. So I kind of need those sprints. And I've been working on that. 
And what would be your advice for for somebody that might be watching or listening to this that would be that would say, you know, Ryan, this is so amazing. You've 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 done all this stuff. You've done some game design. You've you've created you've created worlds out of your own imagination. Should I design a game first or start writing short stories to get myself out there? Um, well, I would want to know what the goal is first. If you're trying to make it money and be successful, um, there's a lot of places that that talk heavily about that. Um, I don't think gaming is the place. In fact, a lot of game designers are moonlighting right now as fiction writers because there's a way to make money in fiction writing if you're fast. So um, the places like uh, Keystroke Medium, they're on Facebook and they have a website and stuff. They talk a lot about the, the business of writing. Okay. If you're, so if, you're, if money is what you're looking at, absolutely start writing short stories and, and putting things together and building and getting novels out there and putting it out there and just be fast. If that, because that's the world right now is it doesn't even have to be great. Just has to be fast with really good art, always really good art and then really good marketing. Um, and then it can, it can really suck, you know, it'll still make some money, uh, unfortunately. And that's, that, that's unfortunate for the, the industry. But if you're trying to just be expressive and find your place creatively and then grow from there, um, I would say whatever you're interested in most do. Um, Jade Punk has, uh, we didn't do it for Shadowcraft, but Jade Punk, I wanted to write fiction. So in, in between, at the beginning of every chapter, I wrote flash fiction. Mm. And so I talked to our, our layout designer, uh, Jesse Ferguson, and I said, hey, what, how much words, how many words can I fit on one page? And he told me how, what the word count was. And I said, okay, cool, that's my limit. And then every chapter, I, when I figured out what that chapter is gonna be about, I wrote flash fiction that helped flesh out the setting, but also mm. let me be, you know, tell my fiction, tell my stories. So um, I think it's whatever you feel most into writing right now, do that. I think the secret sauce to it, if there's a secret sauce, and I didn't make this up, but um, so yeah, I took a masterclass from James Patterson and I had found that I had already accidentally fallen into this, what he calls the secret to coming up with good characters and good settings. And that's take two or three things that don't go together. like. Western gunslingers and martial arts warriors and smash them together and see how you can make them fit. Right. And so, you know, he does it different where you might take uh, talking Disney animals and um, global warming and, and, and uh, you know, climate change and mash them together. And he wrote zoo, right? those two kind of concepts. Right. So right. when you take these two or three different things that don't go together, which for Jade punk was Western, Gunslingers, Wuja Warriors, and Final Fantasy. Um, we, I smashed those together because the Jade really acts a lot like Materia from Final Fantasy. So I smashed them all together and said, here it is. This is the thing. And that's really it. Like, if you read a lot and you're, and, and this is something Walt taught me, Walt Robillard, he's a, he's a super smart guy uh, and very self-aware. And he said, if you, if you read a lot, then you write fiction. Like, that's the thing. If you don't read a lot, you're just really interested in storytelling and in settings, then game design, because you don't read enough to have the words flowing through you really well. Right. Yeah. Wow, so that's I, a really good. That's a really good. And so, what about so then? Would that be the equivalent also with Shadowcraft, where it was like basically like 
you know, like grim fairy tales plus, you know, 007. Is that? We actually put it right in the introduction because I told them, look, this is how we, this is our formula. So put it in there. So um, I'll, I'll read to you because I, I have it right here. It says uh, it's about two things, spies and fantasy, but um, Mission Impossible set in a fantasy world. That was it. That was the thing. And then when we came up with who are these people, these agents, the, the, the PCs, and we decided when the old fairy tales were of changelings, where someone would take you as a baby and leave a fairy changeling creature in your place. Well, what happened to the baby when they're in the Fae world, when they're in Arcadia? What, what's their life like? And so that, that became the thing. That's that was the secret thing, where it's like these characters are the lost ones. These are the ones that were taken as children, raised as slaves or companions of the Fae, and then the Fae have this massive falling out, and now these ones like the Civil War, and now these guys have to be. Um, basically mission impossible agents right and and they all have kind of been changed by by the world and have magical powers and such now i'm I'm curious as as a writer and as a creative did you is there a piece of you that kind of made jade punk and like shadowcraft be in like a shared universe or are they completely separate worlds altogether you know all of my recent stuff yes um, the, the fiction stuff that I'm working on, I've got a superhero fiction and this vampire fiction and then this dark fantasy, urban fantasy thing. And they're all in the same world, same rules, characters come and go like a Marvel right. story. But no, Shadowcraft and Jade Punk does not. There's, mm-hmm. It's possible uh, because you're in Arcadia, which is kind of like a demiplane of existence. Right. So it's possible that the babies were taken from Cow South City, which is a, a Jade Punk. But you know, I never, yeah. Until you mentioned it, I never even would have thought to think that about those two. That would be kind of like a kind of like a tenth anniversary or some sort of anniversary, you know, game of just have like a hybrid adventure where they just put them yeah. both together. Yeah. Jade Craft or Shadow Punk. Yeah, see, <laughs> that would be cool. There, that's so weird. Is there is Shadow Punk? If that's not a genre, then I don't understand why um, it hasn't been made yet. Well, you know, when we were pushing, so RPG.com, is it RPG.net, something like that? It was a really big forum back in the day. I don't know if people still go to it a lot, but back in the day, it was huge. And so we put our initial concepts of Jade Punk out there to see what people thought. And everyone, like, I remember that this one forum, everyone was uh, talking trash. Like, oh, yeah. uh, you're just going to create your own uh genre and i was like well that's not i i didn't it, punk is the genre right. jade is just my little you know thing on it just like right. steampunk that's punk right. was a thing cyberpunk and all these other things but um but yeah I, I got made fun of initially and i had to be like you know what i don't care you're not my audience <laughs> i'm not I'm not making them for you anyway. So there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the hardest thing for a creator because we want everyone to love our stuff. Just like, a, just like the the game master at a table. You always want your players to like it. But sometimes you just have to be like, you know what? This table's not for you. And that's hard. It's really hard as a creative to get into that headspace of I gotta find my tribe. Right, right. And now did you is that is that term jade punk coined by you or is that i made it up um i know that they so 
I was watching recently there are uh, Guild Wars 2 came out right. with this um it's very recent it was like this year or last year they came out with this um like DLC and it's not called Jade Punk but they use the word Jade Punk to describe part of it right and so and it if you look at it it feels a lot like Cow South City to some degree so right. in my mind they read Jade Punk <laughs> and I don't care <laughs> They can have it. But um, for people who have never seen it, like a very common thing, um, the show Arcane on Netflix right. is um, it's League of Legends. I, I don't know which predates which, but my wife and I watched Arcane together. A friend of mine watched it and said I had to see it. And my wife was like, oh, my God, this is J-Punk. And I was like, yeah, it is. This is cool. I don't have to make an anime now. It's already there. Right. <laughs> but, yeah, it's... Uh, I mean, because when you borrow these separate things and smash them together, naturally. I mean, the punk concept, Jade, they're all very common. And do you need do you need to have the fate system, this fate book, to in order to play Jade Punk and Shadowcraft, or are they standalone? Jade Punk itself is standalone, Shadowcraft is standalone. In fact, they are different from the core. So if you have the core, it actually um, like Cora is very big on stunts. Both of these books rewrite stunts. Okay. Um, you know, one and Jade Punk uses professions instead of skills. So aristocrat is good at these things. So you roll your aristocrat rating for that. Um, okay. Fighter is good at these things. So you roll your fighter for that, that kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. Well, so it's, it still very much keeps along the line of just like the, uh, the spirit and intention of, of 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 the fate system as well. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Very much. We were playing a lot, and and Mike Olson wrote for Fate for years before we asked him to help us with this asset system. Um, all the people who wrote on Shadowcraft were either already involved in Fate or were people that wrote for me for Jade Punk, um, like Benjamin Feehan. We met through Jade Punk, and because uh, he was a player. Of Jade Punk and he posted his actual play online and the, the the way he described it I was like oh my gosh not only are you a good writer but you understand Jade Punk better than I do so <laughs> I was like dude you've got to write for us and I, I and he wrote some of the Jade Punk stuff for the, the the supplements and then he came in and he was the art director and then did some writing for Shadowcraft right cool all right yeah. well so so uh we're getting to our hour mark now Ryan so right if people want to follow you and learn more about your work and your upcoming projects, what would be the best place they could go to? So I'm actually rebranding, uh, like we discussed before, before we started the podcast. Um, right. uh, I'm teaching martial arts and I'm working on that. So I have intrepidmartialarts.com. That's where ryanmdanks.com forwards to at this moment. Okay. Um, but it's not going to be my home for nerd stuff. This is my, we're going to build this out as, as a pretty serious martial arts website. Um, I got some other friends that are helping me that we're just going to put together a martial arts stuff. So that's what that's going to be. Um, we have a, a, a thing around our, our gaming table where we give each other nicknames. And the nickname is based on what your class would be if you were a real person having a class and then an adjective that describes you. And right. because of my ADHD and the fact that I know everything about whatever game we play, all of my friends call me the wavering wizard. So. <laughs> So we're going, so I'm actually branding that. And I have on YouTube right now, I have, I'm the Wavering Wizard. 
Okay. Um, I don't have a video up yet on the channel, but I'm going to start doing that. I'm going to do, um, I, I'm going to get the, the website going and we're, I'm going to start doing nerd stuff there, fiction stuff, and not going to hide the fact that I'm me, but I need to brand it separate for the internet because right. I am going to be make, trying to, you know, make money on each one. So it's going to be clear that, Hey, yeah, that's what Ryan's doing right now, but it's going to be as the wavering wizard. Obviously, okay, cool. my name's going to be on things, but yeah. Yeah. So, so right now at this moment, if you wanted to follow to get an idea of like, Hey, what are you going to be doing um, with social media and stuff uh, for nerd stuff? I would say, go to the YouTube channel, follow that. I'm just wavering wizard on YouTube. And okay. then there's no, there's no videos. Like I said, I do have an Elden ring video that I shot that I, I'm going to put up. But other than that, I'm going to start doing more, uh, more RPG games, more fiction stuff, just all nerd stuff. Awesome. Perfect. Well, thank you so much, Ryan. And listen, when you have your new, any of your new stuff coming out, just come back on the show. I'd love to talk to you more about it. Absolutely. I appreciate it. I appreciate your time. So, um, <laughs> is that something to, it's like, just like, you know, being in, being in Las Vegas, it's like, I, I'm surprised you didn't have like a, you know, a map of like, you know, Las Vegas or something. Uh, everyone that lives in Las Vegas hates Las Vegas. So <laughs> we want to move, but every time I go somewhere else, I, Las Vegas is new. It was established less than a hundred years ago and it didn't right. even start getting built up until really 50 years ago. So right. every building and house that we have is more is more or less a couple Brand decades new. old. Right. So I go to another town, I see the wallpaper peeling and weird ceilings that fall like snow. And I'm like, this is old. I don't want to live here. So... <laughs>